quite enough. <laughs> that, that's rough. Adaptations. And welcome back. I'm Cody. I'm Andrew. We got a good one for you today, folks. Episode 69. It's going to uh, be a good one. Oh. What are you... When you put it like that. What? <laughs> Nothing. What are you doing? Let's carry on. Yes. So, Andrew, give them the scoop. You know what? I will give them the scoop. All right. Starting with our main man, James Gunn. He's back in the news again this week, folks. Uh, this time with bad news. James Gunn is not being rehired by Disney. Disney is, uh, they are standing boo. their ground. They are standing firm. Boo, uh, Disney, boo. That, that James Gunn will not. Be I wish back. I had a sound effects board and I go. I will just use Chris. Uh, Chris, do your best sound effect. There we go. There we go. We got it. Just for you, Cody. Anytime that you need it, uh, just go. Chris! And he'll and do then, it. And he'll do a sound effect. If I'm still in the room. If he's still in the room. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he likes to wander. He's he's the... Our our beautiful, handsome wanderer. He's the resident meanderer. Yes, yes. Uh, yes, so Disney has said that they will not be rehiring James Gunn. Um, indefinitely. It's unfortunate. Yes. I'm on his side. I think, I'm with him. I think we all are. Uh... One thing someone did point out that I will, I will have to give them the benefit of said said argument is this isn't a tweet that he made when he was like sixteen. Mm-hmm. It's a tweet he made when he was like twenty nine, thirty two. So, like the stuff that he tweeted, uh, which I, which I can I can agree with of just like there are jokes and there are jokes you can make. And there are jokes that you probably shouldn't make, especially on a public public platform. Uh, and he made these jokes in like 2011. Yeah. So it's, I I get it. I get it. It's that he's in, a grown man, and he should have been thinking about his actions. He's he's getting the short end of the stick. I feel. Yeah. I, I don't I don't feel like it's totally fair. I see the argument for it. Yeah. Like you said, he's not some young guy. Some young guy. Well, I mean, well, not some. I don't know why I phrase it like that. He's not a kid. Yeah, he is a young. He, I mean, I guess he's still younger for a, a man, but he's he's not a kid anymore. All I'm saying is that I get it. Yeah, he's he's in his what? He's in his early thirties now. How, how old is James Gunn? James Gunn. Let me do some little research here. James Gunn. Well, I know that he started doing stuff in the nineties. 66. He was born in 66. So he's Wait. so he's like only he's, a, in his, he's in his 50s. He's only a few years younger than my mom then. So he's in his 50s. So actually <laughs> I guess that person's argument stands to reason. <laughs> yeah. He was he was definitely not young when he made that comment. No. 
He was. Do you think that's mid thirties, late four or like early forties, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. You thought he was younger. I thought he was younger. I thought he was in his forties. Oh. Right now. Which I mean, ten years. Pretty much when you're past twenty-five, ten years is. I still stand by the fact that I think it's a late. It's a late call. It's a late call. Yes, that that is, I think, that is where I stand. Like that is something they should have. Like, that is something that should have come come up during the hiring process. Yes, I agree. Of just like, hey, what about these tweets you made? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's something that should have happened then, uh, because they were, I mean, they made fun of rape, like. And yeah. I think they made, they were like pedophilic jokes as well. That's pretty uh, bad taste. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's it's really interesting. I know that jokes can take an art form of a sort. And there are many comedians who do it on stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go for that shock value. There are... And this is going to be something we'll be talking about even more today uh, for our main topic is there's there's art out there that is like that. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of comedians have said things on stage way more offensive than what yeah. James Gunn tweeted. But yeah. I think because it's in that sort of platform and not on Twitter, I think comedians can get away with more when they're on stage. I really do. Well, because... Look at what happened to Gilbert Gottfried. Everyone knows that... When you're on stage and telling a joke, it is a it is a piece of fiction. Right. And I understand that when you look at James Gunn's tweets, any rational, reasonable person would read those and go, that's that's not he doesn't really think that. Yeah. Like he is trying to make a joke. Uh it's a little bit. But the problem is is Twitter isn't a platform for making jokes. No. Even though people do. And there's memes and jokes made on them all the time. Uh, that is where you have this issue is because this isn't the platform. Like, that's not what the platform's designed to do. So a person on that platform isn't necessarily going to believe that you are making a joke or you're being exact, like you're exaggerating right? Uh, for comedic effect, which his jokes are going to only make some people laugh. Mm-hmm. Like, those are going to be the deep, dark souls that just find that deep, dark comedy uh, funny. Mm-hmm. Which you see in his other movies. And I think that's, to me, that's what even stands out even more. And this is probably the last we'll ever talk about this, just because this is the last, this is it. Like, he is not being yeah. rehired. We don't have to worry about. We also have discussed this quite a bit. We've discussed it. We've quite gone a bit. to great lengths. Yes, uh, it's uh, starting to enter Batman versus Superman territory. Uh, which, if they looked back at his other movies, this is where it surprises me that this is even a thing. Uh, one of the first movies I ever remotely saw, which was just small snippets of, and I didn't want to watch it because. I, it just made me feel uncomfortable. Was the movie Super with Never Rain Wilson, Super. with Rain Wilson and Ellen Page? The movie is a guy who is trying to be like a superhero, but it's kind of like a kick-ass kind of thing. 
Yeah, I've heard about uh, it. And it's just really messed up. Like, at one point, he's not a good person. Mm-hmm. Like, someone cuts in line, and he starts bashing them with his wrench. And he's just like, he's like, no cutsies. And he's, like, just smashing them. It's like, this is weird. And then I think Ellen Page's character kind of, like, rapes him at one point. Jeez. And, and it's just like. Him? Yeah. And it's just like. This is uncomfortable. Like this is an uncomfortable movie. Well, that sounds. And then there's the movie Slither. Intense. Slither is also uncomfortable. It's a, it's more of a horror movie, uh, where there's like these slug things that like are taking over people's bodies and eating them and stuff. So he's got a sick sense of humor. Yes. Okay. And Slither, both Slither and Super are extremely dark comedies. Like they have comedy to them, mm-hmm. but only if you get it. Get it, yes. To a person who doesn't get it, it's just disgusting, it's disturbing, uh, it's offensive. Right. Um, so that's what I'll say with that, is they sh- they should have seen those and then really uh, thought about, you know, going forward <laughs> with them. But, you know. Uh, moving on. Cause I, Let's this, move on. Do you have more to talk about, James Gunn? I don't. Okay. I think we beat the gun into the ground. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> the dead gun. The dead gun. Yeah. I think we're beating the, the dead lo- gun here. The loaded <laughs> gun. The James gun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so one cool thing is Marvel is bringing back this Spider-Man as, and his amazing friends. Nice. You know, back that old TV show. Um that aired in like what the sixties or seventies? Um uh seventies? I think it was around then, right? The sixties one is where he sounds like an old man. Right? Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. That's the one my dad showed me when I was very young. That was his favorite cartoon growing up. And I said, Oh dad. Yeah. The voice well, the voice acting for Peter Parker is just so off. He sounds yeah. like he's fifty years old. Yeah. But it also has one of the best episodes of all time. Besides the lizard episode that you hear me and our other friend quote so often, it's got another great lizard episode from this other series where he goes to a swamp area. I can't. I have no recollection of why he's in a swamp area. Mm-hmm. He's just there. Yeah. He's not with anyone else or anything. And anyways... It's like in Louisiana or something, and you see a dad and a son in a canoe or a kayak or something. You're, they're, in the, they're in the water, mm-hmm. and then the lizard pops out of the water and knocks over the boat, and he goes, I'm a lizard man. <laughs> and it's like, cool story, nerd. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous cartoon. Um, I don't know. It's... It's kind of fun, I guess, for for kids, but it hasn't really held up. Yeah, and, I'm guessing it would have been fun for for kids from that generation, but it hasn't held up. Lizard, the lizard has always just always been weird. He's dank. Too late. It's or, too late, Spider Man. Is that lizard or is that that's lizard? That is the lizard. Yeah. He uses his reptilian telepathy <laughs> to control reptiles <laughs> in the subway. <laughs> <sighs> was that from the... That's the one. That's the one that I showed Kevin. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And where he's trying to derail the trains. Yeah. And he's like, 
give it one more minute and this train will derail <laughs> like the first. <laughs> <laughs> he even says that. Like the first. Like the first. Uh, yeah, so. Beautiful writing. Yeah, astounding. In that same episode, Spider-Man gets his first checkup. Not as Peter Parker, mind you, as, as Spider-Man. Spider-Man. He does everything as, as Spider-Man that. Like, it's ridiculous. But he was Peter That's, Parker, so why? There's even that uh, one, that famous scene where he's, like, sitting behind a desk. Uh, and it's a Spider-Man meme at this point. But he's, like, sitting behind a desk, and, like, the picture on the desk is his face <laughs> with the mask on. It's a, like, <laughs> who is this guy? Yeah. Uh, I don't even, yeah. The, so, 90, the 90s Spider-Man cartoon so much better. By, by far the best. Yes. Well, actually, I know I know people that say Spectacular Spider-Man is pretty good. I guess I gotta plead ignorance because I have not seen that one. But I, uh, as you know, a fellow Spider-Man connoisseur, the old '90s Spider-Man still reigns supreme in my opinion. I liked it because they did X-Men crossovers, and you had a lot of you know Harry Osborn and Mary Jane, just a lot of characters from the comics actually coming in. Yeah. I thought the older cartoons from before that one uh, don't even really feel much like the comic books. It's like a bastardization with Spider-Man walking around being weird and his villains acting weird. Yeah, to me it's the same thing as uh like the to to me it's the old, like, Justice Friends. Oh, Super Friends. Super Friends. That's totally ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. that's what it felt like to yep. me. Um, I agree. It's the same kind of thing. Of just, like, these aren't the characters on the in the comics. And it's because they're, they were cartoons. And so, and this is something we're going to talk about today. And I, I actually think we should, we should tackle animation as well. Yeah, this is um, actually, this ties into our topic for today. Yeah. So uh, we'll, the maturity of comics. We'll, we'll talk about that. A little bit later, but yeah, it it was ridiculous. Um, and Spider Man as Amazing Friends came from that. Uh, but it's going to they're going to come back for uh, the new issue of um, Iceman. Okay. Uh, so that was interesting. I think that's pretty cool when they bring in old teams that really haven't been on the screen or mm-hmm. on the page for a while. Uh, then a Brazilian magazine. Uh, accidentally, or either accidentally or just didn't really care, released a concept image uh, on their cover of Captain Marvel's suit, um, which we haven't seen. We've seen the green one, mm-hmm. but we haven't seen the the blue and red one. Right, we haven't. Uh, and it looks cool, except it's missing one thing, uh, which is the gold. And I think the gold is really important. For it her. is really important. That's an iconic part of the costume. Yeah. Uh, so... Which I, I think will be there because if I remember correctly, the on the pager in Infinity War, for those who have not seen the movie, this is a spoiler for Infinity War, the the end credit scene. Um, on the pager uh, is the symbol for Captain Marvel. And I'm pretty sure it was gold, that they had the gold in the middle. Uh. Um, because the iconic image is the red on the top with the golden star star-looking thing uh, with the blue on the bottom. Yeah. Um, so here's the hoping that it's just a, a design, like a concept design, and the real suit has that. It wouldn't totally ruin it for me. It would 
not as much as Shazam's LED <laughs> lightning bolt. Uh, but uh, I'd rather it be there. I think to me it would be a, a misstep to not have that. Yeah. And then Ryan Reynolds wants to cast Hugh Jackman um, for the, the the Deadpool universe to bring him in as Wolverine. Um, but that's that's about it. You want me to say anything about that? If you want. <laughs> um, I am a, I love Hugh Jackman. I'm a little tired of him as Wolverine. Yeah. I want a new Wolverine, damn yeah. it. You well, know? He, he came on the screen. So when did Wolverine first come around? Was it 2002? Oh, when did it? Yeah, when the did very, X-Men? The very first one, was it a one? It was a while ago. I know that Spider-Man was in 2000. Spider-Man was 2000. I, because, feel, I feel like X-Men came out after because Spider-Man. Because the Twin Towers were in Spider-Man. Um, or did X-Men come before? X-Men might have come before. But anyways, that's cool. I mean, obviously, I want Hugh Jackman to have work. He's a great actor. Uh, I It makes sense that Reynolds would want him on the job. He's a reliable actor. and he's 2000. Really, 2000. Okay, so yeah. I wasn't too far off. Uh, he's a reliable, you know, talent. Yeah. He gets the job done, but I want to see a new interpretation of the character, and I want... I want the short, feisty Wolverine. I've said this on the show before. I've I've said yes, this. We, we've both said it. I'm blue in the face, but um, that's cool. It's, I don't know. I get really sick of everyone's casting ideas because I'm biased and I think mine are better. But yeah, I mean, everyone <laughs> everyone thinks those are the best, of course. Because uh, everyone can have their opinion until I have mine. But, mm-hmm. You know. I'm kidding. Um, for no, myself. No, no, I know. No, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, everyone's ideas are great, uh, except for mine. Because when it comes to mine, they're better. And so everyone should just admit that. You know. You just know everything. I, I, I'm I, getting to the point where I'm, I'm pretty sure I do. You know. What the hell are you talking about? I don't know. <laughs> oh, Because <gosh. laughs> I, I was like, part of me knows there's no way... That you're this up your own butt, but then the other part of me knows that you know a lot about comics things, the most obscure facts that even a lot of the most seasoned critics don't know. Yes, indeed. <clears throat> uh, no, so that's about it for news. Not a lot. Uh, very light week. Um, the past few weeks have been heavier just because we had San Diego Comic Con. Um, with New York Comic Con coming up, we'll probably have. Uh, a big more, a bit more of an info dump. They did release the second season, or uh, the trailer for the second season of Iron Fist, which looks better than the first. Actually, that's good. I'm probably going to be checking it out. I still have to. Once again, I say this every time. I have to catch up on the other shows. Uh, they there was, uh, there might have been a leak for Daredevil season three, and I looked at it, and this still looks bad. So I don't know if it's a leak. I, like it just wait quality wise. What did you just say? This like so you saw a still, still for what you th- what what may in fact be a daredevil still. Yes, but you don't you don't think it's legit or you're not. I sure? don't think it's legit. It looks bad. Like it looks really bad. What Unless was it? It's first of all daredevil. Charlie Cox must have put on like eighty pounds. Like this guy looks big. Which I have my theories. I I will actually say that if this is if it's not a leak, if it's an actual leak, uh, and it's just a bad 
you know, just a bad grab. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and he's, like, in an office. And it's weird. Like, not a... Does not, it look like Charlie not Cox? Like, not like someone's office. No. Okay. Uh, not like someone's office. It looks like, you know, like an office office. Okay. With cubicles and everything. Um, my theory is if this isn't a leak, it is... Uh, it is Kingpin wearing the costume, um, trying to oh, okay. discredit Daredevil. Ah, that is my theory. I would. Uh, it looks. Pref- like, I prefer that over like the ben other. A- it looks like Ben Affleck in the Daredevil costume, like just this Batman, big Batman Ben Affleck in the Daredevil costume, burly ass Daredevil. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep the Daredevil lean. Keep him lean. Keep him lean. He has lean to and be. lean and blind. Lean and limber. <laughs> And yeah. blind. And blind. <laughs> Make sure to Lean, keep... limber, and blind. Uh, yeah. Daredevil. Daredevil. You know. <laughs> Lean, limber, and blind. Those have to be his criteria. Totally. Like, and there's got to be some however, sort of fight scene involving a stairwell or, or a, hallway. a hallway. Yes. <laughs> or if they do one better, a stairwell that, like, is a hallway. That is a hallway? Yeah. So it's not like your normal stairwell. What if but it led it's like, down into one? Wh- what if it was like walls on the side and it and it was like a tube, a stairwell tube? How do you up that scene? By the way, that shot is incredible. The stairway scene. Yeah, I don't know. Because the, the- but in 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 Daredevil, I trust Cody. Daredevil, I trust to do. Well, you know, in the third season, they're gonna need to do what you do in any good vampire flick: you raise the stakes. Yes, (laughs) yes, you do. (laughs) Bonus points if they're wooden. Woo! I really, I really hope that Daredevil season three is at least as good as season two. I'm not expecting anything to be as good as Daredevil season one. Yeah, they hit it out of the park. It's so good. It's so good. I, I, I smile every time. I do too. Yeah. I take great pleasure in showing anyone a trailer or or a scene. I just so I just like, show hey. them episode, the end of episode two. Oh no 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 yes no yes. What happens? What happens two. at the end of two? That's the hallway fighting. Is it two? Mm-hmm. Thought that was three. That's what I was thinking. You know, that's what I was thinking. But I'm pretty sure because the season one is the whole you know introduction. He does the fight, uh, and then at the end the kid gets taken, and then see episode two starts with him in the garbage can. Yeah, the first season is so much more complex than the second season. It's so complex. It's like what? what? Can we? Can we? Okay, I'm gonna bring up the fact that I was, you know, confused about a few things when we rewatched it. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to bring up the specifics. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, it's funny how the specifics I re- are hilarious. I remembered though. like when, when we rewatched the second season, I remembered almost like eighty-five to ninety percent of it. Uh-huh. You know, and it had been a long ass time since I'd seen it, and I had rewatched season one with us. Or, well, prior no prior to, to prior to watching it with you. Okay, yeah. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know this. And then I was like, I just don't think I was paying attention. <laughs> I think I just was like, watching Daredevil kick ass, and that was I all I was watching. I just remember when we got to season two and you asked the question. No, 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 no. Or during season one. <laughs> we're not like, getting into no, this. No, no, no. I won't, I won't go into specifics. Okay. I just remember when we're like sitting there watching, you're like, wait, what? I thought this. And I'm, we're like, Kevin and I are just like, why? 
Like, why? And then, we just watched season one that explained everything. Yeah. Well. Uh, you know, it's fine. Mm. I thought I thought it was season one where I where I said, "Oh, I didn't realize these two gangs are." Remember that part? Yeah. No, I know exactly. I, what. I thought that was season one we were watching. I don't remember season. I don't remember. That. Oh, you didn't watch season two with us, with us did you? No, I did, but I did feel you? like I don't because I didn't. I didn't finish season two with Kevin. I only watched up to when Electra starts being an actual thing. Oh yeah, Kevin and, then and he, I finished it by ourselves. Yeah. So it was, it was season one. Okay, yeah. But, like, they explained it at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's okay. Uh, just just, just so you guys you guys probably know, it it involves gangs, specifically the Asian kind, because <laughs> there's two of them, and I know that now. <laughs> <laughs> this is just so funny to uh, me. I went, a, I went ahead and I said it myself, but I said it yeah. my own way. Yes. We didn't go into the because I would have gone the full specifics. Yeah. No. Um. So, <laughs> that is it for news. So, let's talk about this, Cody. Yep. Maturity in adult content. In comics. In comics. Uh, for those who do not know, this was not always a thing, at all. I think that most people. Well, not most people. I think people who haven't touched comics. In their lives, still. probably still think that that comics are for kids. Probably, uh, I would, I would hazard to guess the people our age, probably, probably not actually. Uh, Wait, just because what? the people our age who haven't touched comics, mm-hmm. I think they are they are under the assumption that they aren't just for kids. You think so? Yes, I still think older people, like people who are forties and higher who have never touched a comic, still think that. I could buy that. Um, these are the same people who are taking their kids to Daredevil because they think superhero movie. Sure. Uh, however, a person who is our age, who's never seen, who has never read Daredevil, sees the Daredevil, goes and sees the Daredevil trailer, or Deadpool, goes and sees the Deadpool t- trailer and goes, even though this is a superhero movie, it's not for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, that is what we're seeing now. Whereas you tell someone like, "Hey, go pick up Batman issue like forty six or forty seven, where Batman and Catwoman freaking sleep together on a rooftop." Uh, if you tell someone who's older that, they'll pick it up with no hesitation and be yeah. like, "It's Batman." Um, whereas someone our age is probably going to be more on the skeptical side and be like. Are you sure you want this for your kids? <laughs> like, oh. like uh, I'm probably not going to do that. That is, and that that really is where that difference is. Really, it was all the way back to the '60s. I would say uh, that they had to get a stamp of a, approval from '70s. The '70s. That was the up, '70s. Up to yeah. the '70s. Yeah. Well, I, I knew it was. It was pretty much between like the fifties and seventies. Like it was. Oh, hold on, hold on. Oh, oh, you're talking. Okay, never mind. I, I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah, it was. It because might, it might around been, the seventies is when they stopped doing it. Okay, I think. It, are, you, are we sure it wasn't the fifties? What? Are we sure it wasn't that's the stamp you're talking about? The, the stamp of a, the the comic book authority. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It started in like the fifties. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where it had to be approved that this was suitable 
for children. Because what was happening is, this was the case, is that kids were reading comics. Mm -hmm. And comics were being made for kids. Like, that is, they were the the main audience mm. were, were children. Um, however, there was no regulation. And there, this you could do whatever you wanted. Yeah. Uh, and so people started making, like, adult pornographic material mm. uh, in comic book form. And parents were afraid that kids would just pick it up with no issue because it was a comic book. Mm-hmm. Just like they've always been. Like, there's a violent video game out there, so we have to, you know, rage against violence in video games and video games in general because our kids are going to play them. And it's like, well, your kids can only play them if you give it to them. Yeah. Like, your kids are only going to read these comics if you give it to them. Yeah. Um, And that was, it was a huge point of contention, but it, it went through and they had to get this stamp on them. Uh, saying that it was suitable for children. It had all these regulations, all these rules. And that's why most most superheroes, for the longest time, were super campy and super cheesy. Um, and that's a lot of the golden age. Yeah, it was catering to the kids and yeah. making sure the parents were happy and felt safe. Yes. Getting these comics for yeah. their kids. And really that started to slow down a lot more in the 60s. Uh Especially when you had like the their arrival of the Fantastic Four, um, and even and like Thor and stuff like that, and even that stuff was still campy and cheesy, and that's why that early stuff is um, campy and cheesy. Uh, it's really when you get to the seventies where that stopped really yeah. being a thing. And I'm actually um, going to look something up, but yeah, no, it's it's crazy how how long that has a has had a foothold in pop culture, though, mm-hmm. um, that people still relate those characters back to that. Yeah. Um, as, and the the character who has taken the hit the most is Aquaman. Um, because Aquaman's character was essentially assassinated with super friends. Um, the ridiculous super lame... Yeah. The, the uh, goofy outfit. Yes. Like, that was... The that fish, really affected... The goldfish scales. When he's, like, flying on the the fish for some reason. Yeah. Uh, yes. It really was hurt it, him. Was it a seahorse? Were there seahorses? I'm not sure. He's like, he's, like, flying on fish. It's not in the water, like, out of the water. It's really stupid. Um, no, and... So a lot of that actually hurt these characters because a lot of people up to recently, and I think superhero movies have helped this a lot, uh, which is why I know people complain about like a superhero fatigue and like there's so many out nowadays. Mm-hmm. And But to me, this helps. It helps me as a comic book enthusiast, as someone who loves these characters and loves the comics, even if they ruin... Even if to me, like they mess up the character in some sort of way, uh, it it helps me in just normal conversation with people. That when I say, "Oh, I I really like comics," and I I I like reading comics, I'm a huge comic book nerd. Instead of people going like, "Aren't those for children?" Um, I I don't get that anymore. 
I used to. I actually used to before comic book movies were a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, here, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this to you. How often do you talk about your love for comics with people who don't read them? A lot, really. Yeah, uh, I did it at a hol- the Holiday Ale Fest just this last year. Um, a group of people who don't know anything about comics at all, uh, and someone said something about Robin, uh, mm-hmm. and so like. I said something, you know, in the very party downer kind of way, corrected them in their use of the term Robin. And what was their usage of the term Robin? I don't remember that part because I only remember then being questioned, wow, you must know a lot about Robin. And then someone else goes, oh, he has a comic book podcast. Uh-huh. He knows a lot about Robin. Tell them about Robin, Andrew. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And then I literally like went through the history of all the different Robins and who they are now and where they are now. And it was the nerdiest thing ever, but I had like five people just standing there like actively listening. And like it gets brought up every now and then in the office as well. This was our office Christmas party. And, like, we were, there was one day when we were sitting there talking, they're like, oh, remember Holiday Elvis? And they're like, yeah, and Andrew gave us, like, the history of the Robins. I was like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) But, yeah, no, it comes up a lot. Uh, There was one time that I was wearing a Batman shirt at another beer festival. I, you know, I go to these. It must seem like I go to them a lot. I do. Um, For work, right? For work, yeah. Uh, and I was wearing a Batman shirt and someone comes up to me and goes, do you have Hulu? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) And she like, question is that? Yeah. And she pointed at my shirt and she's like, there's this documentary. I was like, oh no, I've seen it. (laughs) And then, uh, yeah. And we had like a cool, fun conversation. Um, it was the Bill Finger. I was going to say, was this the Bill Finger documentary? Um, that's one of the best documentaries I've ever watched. It's really good. It's Brings a tear to your eye, too. Mm. You know. Bill yeah. Finger was a genius. Yes, he was. But no. Uh, so sad. So the superhero movies have really helped with that. I think they've they've shown an audience as, as campy and cheesy as the Marvel movies can be. And they are definitely definitely more geared. Some are more geared to children mm-hmm. than adults. Uh, they still... I still actually disagree with people who say they're made for kids, um, especially Infinity War. This this is a movie that a kid, a child under the age of like 13 is going to have a hard time comprehending what's happening. Um, yeah. There's so many characters. There's so much interconnected plot happening that's connected to 17 other movies. Yeah. Um, that the the capacity, the attention capacity of a child isn't going to be able to hold out as long. I felt the same way about Young Justice. I thought there was a lot of twists yeah. and turns and plot twists that a kid is not going to pick up on. Young, yeah. Young Justice was full of that, and it had a lot of character development and a lot of nuance, and kids don't care about that. Kids want to see stuff blow up they want to see fights and that was i think why the uh, x-men tv show from the 90s was so successful is because it wasn't really very hard for kids to understand mm-hmm. the stories were very straightforward but now we have all these cartoons and this is what i was going to get at when we brought up uh 
you brought up Super Friends and I was talking about the old Spider-Man cartoons, is it yeah. seems like you used to have animated TV shows that use comic book characters, but not faithfully. Yeah. They were just kind of cartoony reinterpretations of the comic book. So a lot of people, and I, I think that includes the adults you're talking about now who are still kind of ignorant to the truth of, of comic books, the reality that comics aren't just for kids, mm-hmm. is that a lot of uh, comic book characters now in animation are being portrayed accurately and in a more adult-like fashion, whereas they used to just be more cartoony, sillier versions even than what they were in the comics. Yeah. Like, 60s comics were silly, but the cartoon versions of them were even sillier. Yes. Like, Superman and Batman were silly in the comics in the 60s, but the Batman TV show was way more ludicrous than the comics were. Yes, most definitely. Like, the comics had way more interesting detective stuff and way way more interesting, uh, I don't know, just details in them than the TV show. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I And I think that that's the problem that generation will have as far as, like, relating to people who read comics avidly who are, you know, in it for in it for the character development and in it for the story and not just the childish campiness. Like, that's yeah. not what you and I are into it for. No, definitely not. So. Uh, and very you few know, readers even, are nowadays. Even as a kid... Uh, I wasn't. Me either. In um, fact, when I I could spot stupid stuff. Yes. Like when when Batman would like ride a toy, like fire truck. There'd yeah. just be, there'd, be, there'd be like stupid things like that that would happen. Yeah. Just Batman in like a toy store or Batman with Santa Claus at the Mutha Mall or you mm-hmm. know just something. I think commercial and dopey like I that. I think it helped that we grew up during the nineties, mm-hmm. uh, in which you had stuff like. Gargoyles, Beast Wars, uh, you know, that more of those action packed cartoons mm-hmm. that were like they are cheesy, uh, but they're like they're action cheesy, a little more ballsy, yeah. Uh, and then you had the Spider Man show, the X Men show, you had the Batman show, uh, and so all of these things, this is when. The the 80s and the 90s, especially with uh, The Killing Joke. The Killing Joke was a huge influence on all of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for those who don't know, Alan Moore's Killing Joke is it it really affected um, how comics would be portrayed. Uh, people were less of afraid to go into that dark side, and publishers were starting starting to realize that this the comics code. Uh, the Comics Code Authority uh, didn't really have authority at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be 2001, the first major publisher would be the one to actually leave it entirely uh, because it, it, was, it was a stupid thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but pretty much after the 70s, the, the, it really had no bearing on... Because it was still there. The stamp was still there, but it really had no bearing on what the co- what content went into it. Yeah, um, because like back back in the early fifties, the editor for Archie Comics actually um, even remembers that they had to. His first job was to go and remove the cleavage on all the characters. Right, um, and 
uh, he he remembers that their their number one writer almost lost his job because what he was really good at was actually integrating suggestive storytelling. Um, and because of that, uh, he almost lost his job because it was too risque. Uh, for those who do not know, Archie Comics can, they could, like, they can easily lead into that. It is teenagers in high school. Right. Um, and especially by the 60s and 70s, you were getting movies and horror movies coming out where teenagers were doing whatever they wanted. You had romantic comedies. that I feel like romantic comedies back in the day uh, were more suggestive than they are now. Maybe. Like, which ones are you referring to? Are you talking about... Like, like when we saw... Um, what's the movie? Can't Buy Me Love? Oh, yeah, from the 80s? Yeah, and it was crazy to me. And, like, you have yeah, Revenge actually, of the Nerds. Oh, and then gosh, you have, yeah. Like, all these movies that... Revenge of the Nerds, to me, I, I put more as, like, an 80s... Like, if Judd Apatow was, was to have been a thing in the 80s... But to me, it's worse. Like Oh, it is worse, but like, I, I don't really consider it rom-com as much okay. as I do, like, like raunch, raunchy com comedy. Com. Okay. But Can't Buy Me Love, you, that holds up. I see what you're saying there. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, there's... There's, like, there's some, that, uh, that there's that weird implication of just like oh yeah the like that scene where he's in like the bathroom with a girl and it's like what is going on oh like, yeah it's like okay uh sure well and um, then you know not even just uh the sexually suggestive stuff yeah there's the suggestive stuff where where she's sitting on his lap yeah. in the bathroom but even uh just the seriousness of how, how I would say how serious they make the issue. Yeah, uh, for instance, at the end when he's like, "Let my friend go, or I'll break, or I'll break your arm," and he he walks up to him with a baseball bat, yeah, and then he smashes it on the table, the table, yeah. and the whole time it's this kind of like cheesy, almost happy-go-lucky sort of rom-com, and and then it breaks out into that, yeah, yeah. I guess you, I guess you're right that w that probably wouldn't happen nowadays. No, uh, unless the the funny thing is like you see these those stories. And, however, they always ended most of the time. I haven't seen all of them, so I can't say. But a lot of them ended on a happy note. Like, yeah, they most always of them still up. end happy. However, because I could see Can't Buy Me Love, if it was remade today, happening the same way, but he doesn't end up with her at the end. Oh, like, yeah. Like, you know, a 500 Days of Summer scenario. Which, um, the only reason why I feel that happened... Why, why people started writing stories like that is because the happy ending had been done to death. Yes. And people didn't got sick of it. Yes. It is true. Uh, no, but just going back to the 80s and 90s, like, they were starting to go into more, like, of the crazier stuff, especially with, like, teenagers and stuff like that. Uh, and so pretty much by the 70s, even with comics, they, they realized this code was stupid. Um and it's something that comic book publishers and artists are now realizing today as well is the people who are reading these comics in the 40s in the 70s are now in their 30s and 40s. Mm -hmm. So your main audience, the people that grew up reading these characters who are attached to these characters, are no longer these kids. Yeah. Um, they are now people who are in their adult age, and something we've talked about before. We did talk about with that toys before. and stuff like that. Is these are the people who are going to be spending their money? Yeah. Um, your your biggest audience, and it's 
it's crazy to think about uh, because back in the day it wasn't it wasn't true as much as to this day the biggest nerd audience is no longer kids. Mm-hmm. Um, it is people in their twenties to sixties, mm-hmm. uh, and even like I'm going to comic cons, I'm seeing people who are even older uh, because now the people who are you know ten in the fifties are now in their sixties and seventies, uh, and it's. Right. So you're getting people even older and older, older and older, uh, people who Stan Lee and Jim Stranko were their hero, yeah, uh, back when they were twenty and thirty, uh, and so it's it is, it is crazy that this is something that uh, I think a lot of people are starting to understand now, is comics have matured. Yeah, I think. I think a lot of people have. I guess every now and every now and again, I bump into people who don't understand. And for me, I think part of it has to do with the fact that I've got a comic book tattoo on my arm, and I think maybe I get it more firsthand. Where I have people either say, "Why did you get that?" and they give me some kind of funny look, like yeah. it's just a silly, meaningless tattoo to me. Yeah, like I just got it for. As if I had Kicks like the giggles. as if I had the bounty uh, paper towel sign yeah. on my on my arm or just something meaningless, you know, something, yeah. something stupid. But hey, those it, paper towels can clean up pretty good, Cody. <laughs> hey, the quilted quicker picker, <laughs> quilted quicker picker, quilted quicker picker upper. Damn it, the quilted quicker picker upper. <laughs> that is really hard to say. Yeah, I've never tried to say that out loud before. Uh, I'm glad this could be your first time. Yeah. Anyways, fail. Uh. So I've had more firsthand experience with people saying, like, why do you have that? Like, is that just because you like Batman when you were a kid? And I say, well, you know, part way, but I still read and I'm still yeah. I'm still active in comic book media. Mm-hmm. And yes, I still watch like the animated stuff, all the new superhero movies, this and that. And some people every now and again, I, I meet people who get it. But a lot of people are still like, why do you have that tattoo? Interesting. Yeah. I've so, never gotten that about like my T-shirts. Actually, a friend of mine's wife, who he and I grew up, grew up loving Batman together, mm-hmm. even she questioned the validity of me having this tattoo, and she even knows like how obsessed with Batman I was as a child and how yeah. much it means to me sentimentally. Yeah. And she was like, well, I have these tattoos and they mean this. And, and I was like, that's cool. They mean something to you. Yeah. This actually means something to me. And it was weird to me that she didn't understand, even given all the information, all the facts yeah. and history that me and, my, me and my, my buddy had had growing up with superheroes as our primary form of media entertainment. entertainment. Yeah. 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 And so every now and again, I'm reminded that some people don't understand. And then one time I was in an FYE. This is probably about 10 years ago. Um, so I guess, who knows? Maybe this is maybe this is dated information, but this is still when the Marvel movies were coming out. Okay. So this is still like post-Iron Man. It's been Man. 11. It's, it's been 11 years since they started coming it's out. Still, yeah, it's still like post-Iron Man. This is probably about eight, nine years ago. Okay. And she, and she overheard me and another coworker of hers this is a coworker of hers at FYE. Yeah, uh, talking about Marvel, and she was like, "Are you guys actually talking about comic books?" And I said to her, "Yeah," and she said, "You guys are nerds." And I was like, "And I was like, well, yeah." <laughs> and, and and she goes, "And you're okay with that?" And and I said to her, 
I said to her not to be a jerk, and I, I understand that by saying that, what I say, what, what yeah. follows is going well, to sound... also, sa- she was being a jerk. It's so. going to sound like I'm going to be a jerk, yeah. but, but I, I said, you're behind the times for not understanding that it's cool now. <laughs> I told her that. Yeah, that's awesome. And she didn't she didn't know hand, how to handle yeah. that. I said, I said, you're behind because you don't understand that it's not that anymore. Yeah. So... Some, what I'm saying is some people don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all I, I say. I get it. I remember there was one time I was actually at GameStop and uh, I was playing a, I was playing a game at GameStop. We were at a video game store. That's like Nerd and, Central. Yeah. And like <laughs> I had, there was, I was with a couple of friends and they, they came in. Mm-hmm. Like they, I actually didn't say like, let's go into GameStop. Like I wasn't the one to do that. Like we just went in there and there was a, there was a DS and they had, they ported Ninja Gaiden on the DS, and so I was playing Ninja Gaiden. Uh, and one of the the girls in the group, like, she walks up and she goes, she's like, are you a nerd? And I, I, like, I just, like, stared at her. I was like, are you kidding me right now? So, like, we are in a video game store. I am playing a video game. Do you see how I look? And you ask that question? I was just like, yes. Yes, I am. I was like, I don't know how you like didn't pick up on any of that. And it's like, but that was the thing is like, she didn't ask like, oh my gosh, are you a nerd? It was like, she was genuinely curious. Are you a nerd? Like, like she, she didn't know. I would have said yes. And you're a dweeb. And you're a dweeb. (laughs) (laughs) But it was, and it's just like, so I, I understand like, but this was when this was middle school, uh, it was it was just fascinating to me yeah. that I would say now, like I have grown into my persona even more, uh, and so it's more obvious. I th- I thought it was obvious back then, but it's more obvious. I would say it's more obvious now. Uh, but this was back when I got sick for a week and literally every day just watched Batman Begins. So it's not like I wasn't not a nerd. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, and it's it's stuff like that. I think it just shows you once again what you were saying. This you know the the Marvel movies had come out, but they weren't as they weren't as prevalent like as they are now. Where I am now meeting friends and talking to people who have never read a comic in their life, but they they see every single Marvel movie, like they love seeing it. And what makes me happy about it is people are not seeing these movies just because they're entertaining movies. Right. But they actually really like the characters. Mm. And the reason I love what Marvel is doing is, we've talked about it before, is Marvel respects their source material. So the characters that you're getting on screen are, for all intents and purposes, the characters that are coming out of the comic book. They are. Uh, there there's are, changes, there but are it's changes, nothing offensive. And there's hit and misses. There are some characters where you're like, that's not the character at all. But for the majority of the time... These are the same characters that we're getting out of the comic books. Uh, and so that maturity that has been there since the 70s, and by maturity, we're talking about we're talking about themes, we're talking about storylines, we're talking about how characters are drawn, how they're presented. They're not this goofy, you know, you know, how Robin speaks is entirely different than how he spoke back in the day. Oh, yeah, um, and thank God. And that was actually Marv Wolfman, the guy who started New Teen Titans, which is the Teen Titans line that uh, introduces Raven, Starfire, uh, 
the team is Raven, Starfire, Beast Boy, Kid Flash, Wonder Girl, and Robin. Um, when he made this comic, he stated for a fact, he's like, I can't stand teenagers in comics because they're not written like teenagers. He's like, they're not written like teenagers. They're written like 50-year-old men trying to speak like a teenager. Yeah. And so he's, he said he would never do it, but then he wrote one one issue and he fell in love with the characters. Uh, and so it created one of the best, in my opinion, it is the best teenage group. The Teen Titans are a standard. Like, I love the X-Men. Um, they started out as teenagers, and I love Spider-Man as a teenager. Like, that's all cool. But even if you go back and read, like, early on Spider-Man, like, Stan Lee talking as Peter Parker, you go back and read it, and it sounds dated. Like, he yeah. does, like he's speaking like a 30-year-old man. Um, yeah. And that's why you have that, that 1960s Spider-Man TV show. Like, you have that crazy... 50 year old voice actor because that's how he spoke um and that's i would say that's how people essentially perceived him Mm -hmm. um for a long time and that's something i will give credit to bendis is bendis when he wrote spider-man for ultimate spider-man he wrote peter parker like a teenager but that's because and this is where i will critique bendis is that is because bendis writes everyone like a teenager (laughs) um (laughs) No, he doesn't write everyone like a teenager, but he he has that childlike voice or that teenage like voice, and so a lot of his characters have that. We're just um, really quick, really snarky, yes, really smart. Like every character becomes that when Bendis writes them. Right. Um, you know, it also could have been the way teenagers spoke at the time versus how they are now. I but and also when, when Spider Man came out, it's how teenagers spoke when Stan Lee was a teenager. Yeah, like I'm thinking about '60s and '70s, and like we're uh-huh. seeing movies that are coming out with six from the '60s and '70s, and teenagers didn't talk like that. That's true. Um, and it's the it's the same thing now when you have someone like it's crazy when you have someone like Mark Wade. Mark Wade is an incredible writer. He uh, really is, and he he does an incredible job with Archie, and I it's weird because his other stuff with Marvel. He writes teenagers like a 50-year-old trying to write a teenager. But he writes the Archie comics, and he writes them like adults. And I think that's what some, like a lot of people don't understand, is teenagers in high school are trying to act like adults. They're speaking, they're talking, they're trying to, even though they don't have the mentality and they don't have the, the experience as adults, they are not talking like 12-year-olds. Um... They're not talking like 12-year-olds. Uh, they are, as, as someone who has worked with youth, they, they have a, a more sophisticated way of talking. It's going to be their own, so it's going to be different than ours. But it is, it is, a, it is a more mature way of talking than... Um, are you talking about I the slang they use? Well, the slang... Or are you talking more about their, the, the quality of their ideas? The quality of their ideas. Because okay. uh, I was going to say... I, that's I, why I, the, slang is, that, the slang is what's different. See, like, to, see to me, slang, and, and this is coming from someone who uses it, yeah. I know that when I use slang, it comes across as less sophisticated. Yes. 
but it can also be things like just the quality of your ideas and not so much mm-hmm. the way the, the the way you speak yeah. your, your vernacular but it can just be the quality of your thoughts yeah how well formulated your ideas yeah, are that's, that's what i was trying yeah. to get across is i see what you're saying like the way they think is more mature than i think uh people especially when we're getting older our age or older than us think they think mm-hmm. um it is really astounding how intelligent teenagers are uh which is funny because we were teenagers and we thought we knew everything in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, which there is a lot they don't understand and that comes with experience. Um, but a lot of that is just, it's it's that maturity um, that comics have starting to get a lot more of where you're now getting less and less of that cheesy, that cheesiness of comics. Now I will say, this is, I talked about all the, all the good stuff about the comics maturing. There's a lot of bad mm-hmm. uh, that's comes that comes with the maturity of comics. And I will what I'm talking about here is mainly the main two: DC and Marvel. Image can do whatever they want. Right. They are indie. They have always been known to be the more like edgy, more mature line. And so I won't I won't touch on them. They've been that way all the all the way since the beginning. Except for there was one comic that I did see an expert excerpt from, and I was like, "Okay, image." That was a little too much. Uh, it was straight, like it was, it was straight up porn. Like it was really? ridiculous. Uh, it's yeah, it's gotten a little too far. But um, no, this is mainly just Marvel and DC, uh, and maybe even a little bit of the Archie comics, uh, IDW boom. Um, not even so much Dark Horse. Dark Horse was, I mean, their name is kind of in there of just that edgier line. Um, but there, it really happened in the early 70s and uh, more so in the 90s. The 90s was ridiculous with it. Uh, how women are perceived. Yeah, in the 90s, women were drawn really sexually and always yeah. portrayed as these really like, ugh, like they're... Yeah. With their chest hanging out and wearing hardly any clothes, yeah. and all and that. it's astounding how every super he- heroine mm-hmm. uh, has like triple D's, Cody, <laughs> like just Why balloons. They? You know, they're superheroes, so they must. Right. I remember in the nineties, one of the first times I walked into a comic book store with my mom. My mom uh, initially was uncomfortable with me walking in because on the door of what became Odyssey Comics. At the time, it was called Bob's Comics. Uh, I can't remember. I think it was the Huntress. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know who it was at the time, but uh, I'm, per- I'm pretty sure it was Huntress. It, was it her purple? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, it was, yeah. And I remember my mom was like, oh, my God. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you sure you want to go in here? Yeah. And I was like, I want to go into the comic book store. <laughs> and, of course, you know, this is like 1993, yeah. 94. I was really little... And I just wanted to go into a comic book store. Yeah. And all the graphic art up was really raunchy. Yeah. And it's not quite like that anymore. No, it's really toned down. And I, there's, this is something like I will, we we will talk about a lot because I think social commentary has a lot to do with comics. Comics have a lot of social commentary. Um, and 
this is something that I I am very appreciative of is there there has been a lot of progress made um, a lot of progress made in how women are drawn in comics um, and just how they're treated in comics. Women are treated better. I actually think storytelling overall has still gotten edgier. Yes, I th- I think um, how how, how women are treated are are yeah are fine. It's the now the content of like it's the direction of the the stories are getting more sadistic. I th- I th- I think you're yeah. seeing a lot of just really dark, morbid, yeah. depressing stories. Yeah, I think the '90s ushered in violence and sex, but it was kind of still fun. Yeah. It was raunchy and it was graphic, but it was still kind of like, oh, it's just, you know, a fist, now a fist getting, fight. Bang, bang, bang. Now we're getting into like nihilistic yeah. kind of. Like when we, I was talking about um, some of the things that happened in the Grant Morrison and Scott Snyder Batman yeah. runs, like good stuff, but it gets pretty intense. Yeah. You wouldn't um, have seen that. You wouldn't pretty have seen much anything in the, Tom, in King, Tom King writes is most likely going to end up in a very depressing manner. Uh no, uh, but it it is, it is crazy how it it hurt comics for a while. Mm-hmm. The the ultra maturity, the extreme other side, where it just became oh. You mean that character who's just sexual like sexualized, mm-hmm. and then it just hurt me as a. As a comic book reader, because like no, there's so much more to that character than what you're you are doing right now. Mm-hmm. Like, there is so much to this character. There's been character development and all of this, and you are now, literally, you are now just taking her down to her appearance mm-hmm. on this comic book. Um, which which I understand, like, I get. Uh, and I will always stand up with them on the side of they need to be drawn better. Like, just anatomically, like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Most of it doesn't make sense. It's like, you do know that's not how clothes on women actually work, right? It's like, when a, when a, when a female puts on a t-shirt, it doesn't, like, you know, encase yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I think that's the best way to, like, to it. Just it doesn't to describe it. Yeah, it looks like the te- the women were encased in their yeah. clothes, and it's like that's not how clothes work. And then, <laughs> but the crazy thing is, like, I I think a lot of people look over it as well, but they were doing the same thing with the men, in in a di- yeah. like in a it was toned down. It wasn't as extreme. And it wasn't as sexualized, but. If you look at like Nightwing, how Nightwing looked, he's not wearing clothes. Like it's all muscles. It's literally you see all the muscles and the veins popping out. Uh, Spider Man was the same way. Mm-hmm. That very infamous scene with Spider Man uh, is with him where he's on all fours and his butt's in the air and it's super shaped and <laughs> like you can see everything. And someone even like there was actually a huge scandal. He someone went and did the same thing with. Uh, Spider Woman, um, to show the ridiculousness of that pose, 
Uh, and people were like, how dare you? You do that. Like, you just sexual. It's super sexual, blah, blah, blah. And you look at the two images and they're almost like completely the same. It's just one's a guy and one's a girl. One's a guy and one's a girl. And so one has the body of a girl and one has the body of a guy. And so one looks more sexualized just because women have more feminine, more attractive bodies mm-hmm. than I would say men do um, to, to men. Yeah. Um, and... So it, it was happening on both sides. Yeah. Um and it's and it's funny when people bring up the disproportions of just the females and I'm sitting here looking at a Thor comic oh, and yeah. Thor is, you know, five times the size of a normal human man on the top, but you know, he's super thin. And it's a like yeah, are you he, looking he has at these shoulders yeah, that are like ten feet wide? His, his biceps his, are like this big, and it's just and then like, his waist yeah. is like still pretty small. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it's funny when people are like, "Oh, well, you know, the men still have kind of attainable figures." I'm like, "No, only if you're doing steroids. Just like the women only have attainable figures if you're doing surgeries." Mm-hmm. It's just like, and even people on steroids don't have that small of waists. No, like they're just giant dudes. Um, I agree that for for a long time in comic books, women were drawn yes. in a way that was very objectified. Yes, but men were drawn very unrealistically too. Yes. Like it's not like it, it it went both ways. I actually had a friend. I have a friend who became very depressed because his his favorite character in comics was Beast from X Men, um, and. He tried his hardest, and not not the hands of the feet and the giant hands of feet, but he tried his hardest to get a body like Beast, uh, and he couldn't. And it actually made him depressed when he got to high school. Really, um, just That's because a pretty and Beast is meant to be somewhat um, stocky. Well, yeah, he's he's more of an animal. Yes, and so he was he was trying to go for that, but it that's when he he realized. That none of these male characters are drawn in an achievable way, no. uh, because that they're superheroes, and that's that was the difference between that uh, is the female superheroes were drawn like supermodels, whereas the males were drawn as supermen, um, and that's where it, it that's where the change needed to happen, and it's why I love like um, Big Barda. I love the character Big Barda. Uh, she's married to Miracle Man, who Miracle Man in the comics, uh, it, their relationship is awesome. Big Barda's like six foot seven, just she's jacked and she will like rip your head off. And Miracle Man is uh, like six foot one, super skinny. <laughs> like he's a scrawny dude. Uh, but how she is drawn is how Wonder Woman would probably look. Shorter. Okay. Not the six foot seven, but more of the stocky, like, just more of a muscle bigness instead of the way that I've I've always been annoyed at how Wonder Woman's been drawn in the past. She's getting better. Like, they're drawing her better. It's just how, like, smooth and silky she looks. Yeah. And it's just like it's not realistic. Wonder Woman is getting into the like heart of it. She is like she's tearing stuff up. If she's gonna fight, you know, a creature that's yeah. like five times her size, yeah. she should be built 
like a brick house, yeah. she shouldn't be. I don't like. Yeah. Would you would you say silky? I said silky. Yeah, that's a good word. Silky I and like smooth. that. Yeah, silky and smooth. Uh, and there, these are characters that still have a feminine side, so they're still going to have that like estrogen is still a thing. Um, so <laughs> estrogen, not, it will always yes, be a thing. Yes. So they're not looking testosterone driven like a like a man will. Uh, but I, it's where I think they're getting better. They're one thing I, I. I just can't accept though is I accept more realistic drawn bodies but the pleb normal looking person bodies throws me off in comic books because these are characters who are doing incredible things and you are showing me someone who looks like me doing them uh that's that's where I can't I, think of too many examples. They're name, starting name, to do name it, me one who does that. They're starting to do it a lot more in like the more modern comics. Okay. Um even how to me it's like if you look at Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson currently uh he's drawn like a when he's wearing his suit, he's drawn like a a normal looking slim dude. Whereas when he has the shirt off and everything, he's all jacked and stuff. But you're showing me someone who is falling down like 30 stories, shooting a grappling, mm-hmm. and then like throwing himself up and grabbing onto a ledge and doing six six backflips off of it. It's like, okay, why does he look like a normal human being? <laughs> because he shouldn't look like that. Right. Uh, his upper torso should be jacked. Um, like, yeah. Uh, one thing I have to say, I thought uh, the portions looked pretty dang good in the eighties. Um, especially DC when they had Jim yeah. Lee. Look, look at yeah, yeah, Batman yeah. there. That yeah. he's he's yoked, but he yeah. like if you see it, he looks pretty. Re- it looks reasonable. Yeah. Um, his biceps aren't eight feet wide. It is true. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, every generation has their own stamp their own zest i don't know what it was remember for a while when batman was kind of drawn like this with the long ears <laughs> so stupid well it's like he was meant to look more evil or something i don't know what more it was more bat like you know? I, I don't know in but. some in some he looks really cool but yeah in some the long ears just look ridiculous yeah well i think that's about it we've I mean, said a lot yeah um in closing all i wanted to say was i think that we're getting better with maturity and and now it, we're starting to get comic, more of a balance yeah and i think as far as maturity in comic books right now i think the maturity we're seeing is we're bringing in more of the socio-political aspect which in my opinion they could kind of chill out on a little bit yes. i i think i could do with less politics and less uh narrative yeah, in my we, we've had that for for decades yeah. now. I, I'd like to just see stories and l- less of like a political narrative. Yeah, um, but I'm happy that we're in a time uh, where women aren't so uh, objectified. Well, objectified yeah. in the art. Yeah, um, it's uh, it needed to end, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm, it's been it's been gone for a while now. But um, it was it was around for about I, f- I feel like for about fifteen. Years, it was pretty common to just see women drawn very, just tastelessly. Yeah, 
Um, and it's funny because like I get surprised if I see it now. Yeah. Like if I see if I'm reading a comic and it like it happens, I'm just like, wow. Who made that decision? Yeah. Um to me, someone who unless the art style is like that, if mm-hmm. like everyone is drawn like that. And it's like, okay, they're going for like and they're going for like a weird art style t- type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um but when you see where it's like normal looking dudes and then you have the women like that, to me that just shows a bad artist. It's someone who dedicated way too much time looking at men, normal looking men, and then just went towards like the supermodel porn stars mm-hmm. uh, for their look, um, for the women. And it's probably someone. It's probably someone who grew up on those comics and thinks like that's what superhero women yeah. look like. It's tacky. Uh, yes. Uh, favorite recent reads? Do you have any? I just continue reading Daredevil, but no, okay. no news. I don't need to keep talking about Daredevil. Okay. Uh, for me, uh, I read Volume Four of Walter Simonson's Thor, and wacky stuff. Super wacky. Kind of good. Like I enjoyed my time. It is. It is super out there. Sigurd Jarlson. Sigurd Jarlson is Thor's uh, nice. alias name as he acts as a civilian on Earth. Not Donald Blake, but, you know, it's Thor, but he acts as Sigurd Jarlson. Can you please tell everyone what you told me yesterday about uh, the dialogue? Oh, he goes over to the his his boss's house, who is a contractor. Yeah. Uh, and he has a huge family, and he has, like, teenage daughters. And the, one, the youngest one goes, mm, would you look at him? And then the oldest goes, I wish, I wish dad would bring more friends like him home. Uh, and then later on, they're in the kitchen and he's washing the dishes and the daughter's like, are you sure you don't have a younger brother? And it's just <laughs> like, uh. What was the other part though? Can you bring around more guys with ponytails? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, mm, would you look at the ponytail on him? It was just like, what? Like, what is this? Uh, it was funny. It made me laugh. Uh, this is also the same volume in which it started with Thor as a frog, um, who helped the frog tribe fight the rat tribe. Um, of course. In which he then wields Mjolnir. He is able to grab on Mjolnir and turns into a frog like Thor. Like, when I say he turns into a frog, the beginning bit of this run, he literally was a frog. Like, he was bullfrog size just jumping around fighting rats uh yeah and then later on he picks up Milner and then he turns into like a freaking six foot frog like he just turns into a frog dude uh and then goes and attacks loki because loki casts it on him and then loki loki's like oh you're a frog you can't do anything and then thor like beats the crap out of him he's like yeah but i'm still thor and then he goes, oh, okay. So it was Loki's spell? It was Loki's that spell. That at least makes it a little more cool. I just thought he turned into a frog for some other dumb reason. Oh, no, no. It, it was Loki. He was using the power of Surtur's um, sword that okay. he dropped when he, uh, destroyed, when he killed Odin and destroyed Asgard. Um, he drops the sword when he also dies, and um, Loki was harnessing the power of it. He was draining the energy from it to cast a spell. Okay. Uh, and then when Thor is essentially going to murder Th- Loki, uh, Loki causes... If you kill uh, someone in battle, it's called heroic. Yes, right. <laughs> Especially for the Norse. Um, yeah. And 
he like creates a rock fall that destroys the the device that was seeping the energy and as soon as that happens thor turns back into normal thor okay um, he has a beard now and everyone keeps talking about how he looks more like his mortal legend which everyone knows that in the the norse legend of thor he has a giant burly beard um and the when Stanley first created him, he was very clean shaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually looked more Norwegian um, than the actual Thor does, oh. or or the the myth Thor does, because he was cl- like their Norwegians are known for being hairless and just tall, sharp features, sharp features, usually blonde. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked more like that, uh, but now he has his beard, and everyone keeps commenting on it. It's yeah. pretty fun. It's really cool. Uh, that actually doesn't sound too bad. Badassness of Balder the Brave. Uh, but yeah. Cool. So that's that about, about it. it. Thank you for listening on this episode. You guys have an awesome time. Episode 69. Take care. Woo!